Hello and welcome back to India on 99.94, your home of Indian cricket content. I'm Nikesh Raghani alongside my co-host Sara Waris of Wisden. As always, and Sara, for the first time in the history of this podcast, we are both in the same country. I'm in Nagpur a couple of days after that test. Uh, you're up in Lucknow. Um, but uh, yeah, we're on the tam- same time zone and uh, it's it's been pretty good for me so far. How are you? I'm good. Uh, how's India treating you? The first test must have been a total dream to watch. Uh, your experiences from the test match, especially, you know, with the Australia media going on and on and on about the pitch. Can you just give a small insight into what it felt like uh, before the match and, you know, how it panned out? I mean, the whole build-up to, to the match, it feels like a whirlwind, to be honest. We got in two days before... Um, no, the day before the match, actually. that's the, We actually got to get to the ground the day before the match. We'd flown in, we'd, you know, it was an overnight. I don't know what time it was, to be honest, where, I, you know, what my body clock was on. Um, so it was all a, a bit of a whirlwind, to be honest, to get everything sorted. It's always quite chaotic uh, when you get to the ground and you're a broadcaster and you're, you know, anyone but a star, and you're trying to get all this stuff sorted. So that that took a lot of time and energy. And then, yeah, come the start of the match, it, it almost felt as though the Australians had yeah. given up in a way. They'd almost or, or made excuses, um, and it wasn't necessarily the team doing this. It was certain sections of their media. Um, and our, my colleague on on our SEN commentary uh, on the radio, uh, Bharat, just took an innocent picture of the pitch. Just you know, he was the only one at the ground a couple of days before the game in the evening. Uh, when all the rest of the media had gone home. So nobody else actually saw the watering of the pitch. So he took a picture and then Fox, you know, Fox Sports jumped on it in Australia and loads of other outlets jumped on it. And Ian Healy was talking in the build-up even, wasn't he, about if there are, quote, fair pitches, then Australia would stand a chance. If there are unfair pitches, then they won't. And that's a very colonial mentality, which, um, you know, we don't need to give him too much time uh, on that. And, you know, again, he's been making comments. He's he's basically become irrelevant, Ian Healy, over the last few years. And, you know, I, I just think it's like a lot of cricketers, you know, they once, you know, great players that they were at one point. Um, some of them have got this insecurity thing and it's just a chance for him to keep himself uh, within the news and and relevant. But, yeah, the, the whole build-up was marred by all that. I don't think India were bothered. I don't think the Australian players were too bothered. They expected this. They, From everything that they said, they carried themselves well in the build-up. Pat Cummins spoke really well about, you know, we, we expect turning pitches. And, you know, I don't know what you felt, Sarah, watching it from home, but at the ground, it, there, there were no demons in it. It took turn. If you get in, you, you've got a solid defence. You can bat well. I mean, it had everything that a normal Indian pitch has, but India just played better. Exactly. And that's exactly what uh, Akshar Patel also said. You know, you just have to... Uh, he scored a brilliant 80 odd, by the way. Uh, he he said that, uh, that you just have to grind it out. You have to... Uh, it will take time to adjust to the pitch. And once you get in, it's not... Uh, there, there are no demons in the pitch, as you said. And uh, th- this is exactly what the Australian team also showed in the first innings, you know, with Manus and Smith batting. They look so at ease. So it's basically, is it about the pitches being bad or is it about your own inabilities to face pain on or um, 
do well in con- consistently in conditions which um, don't have the typical bounce and the pace which you are so used to so yeah fair point and there was another tweet which said that bharat who has come on our show before should actually be the player of the match you know for just uh, messing up with the mindset of the australian australian media and which in turn would have affected the australian camp in a way they would have known that you know all that is going on and i don't know if you've seen a recent tweet by fox just after uh, the venue for the third test was shifted from dharmshala to indore i think so fox put out a tweet which said that uh, the third match has been shifted to indore where ashwin averages something around 12 <laughs> which you know is again like it's kind of showing the australian camp that you know ashwin averages better at that venue so be alert or something of that sort i don't know why they do it but uh, happy for an indian fan happy that india won um, just one question there was so much of talks about spin 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 but the match began with siraj and shami taking those two wickets so did you expect that did Oh, we have seen our quicks doing so well in the recent past you know they are, india is not just a spin heavy team they are their pacers do so well in limited chances in india uh, did you expect the two seamers siraj and shami to start things off the way they did uh, india is the best team in the world you could say because they don't only have the best spin attack they also have an amazing seam attack and we've seen that in the recent past we've seen them doing well in india um, you know it was almost anticlimactic with all the talks about spin spin and uh, ashwin and jadeja uh, akshar patel wasn't even spoken about as much um, it was siraj and shami who st- actually started things off so did you see that coming yeah i mean good question it was you know shami and siraj as you say are quality test bowlers and it doesn't matter what conditions they're faced with you've got a new hard ball it's going to maybe seem a little bit you know you get a little bit of early swing and you just bowl it in the right areas and see what can happen and you know a couple of very good deliveries there a little bit of swing from siraj to get the lbw and then shami getting on to jag back in to david warner as well so uh, you know at 2 for 2 Uh, but then like you say that that partnership between Labashain and Smith that really showed that you know the Aussies can get runs on this they've just got to bat sensibly and that recovery job was amazing but um they went to lunch at 76 for 2 on that first day so you know reasonable session for both sides really australia would have been happy with the way that turned out especially after the start they got india would have been happy that they got a couple of wickets at least and you know they were they were still in a good position themselves then after that in the next session it was 101 for 8 so that just kind of shows you what can happen in india when the spinners get bowling and get in their rhythm and jadeja was fantastic in that first innings of course with that fiver and yeah look the the australian middle order once smith and labashain were gone in that first innings did not have a clue and you know look for me it's a little bit strange because i'm you know technically part of the australian media on this tour usually i'm traveling with england or or whatever whoever it might be um but i'm working for an australian radio station and you know i'm speaking to a lot of the australian media on on off days and in the evenings and stuff and 
we've got a point of difference. I mean, a lot of them, I've been saying, look, Alex Carey is absolutely clueless when it comes to playing spin because all he does is sweep, reverse sweep. That's all he knows. And they say, yeah, yeah, but he's a bloody good sweeper and reverse sweeper. It's his best shot. And yeah, it might be in Australia or whatever, but you've got to pick your moments when to do it. You can't just blindly reverse sweep everything in Asia. That means you don't have a clue how to play in Asia because... Yes, do sweep, do reverse sweep if it's there to be done. But to score and, and to stay out there, A, you've got to have a solid defence. You have to have a solid defence. And you've got to try things like just coming down the wicket, just a little shimmy, get to the pitch of the ball, knock it around in the gaps. And, you know, that that's how you can accumulate runs. And yes, then you can play your big sweep shots and your big reverse sweeps. But, you know... If you think that's going to work against the likes of Ashwin, Jadeja and Akshay Patel in full flow, you might hit a couple to the boundary like he did, but they'll work you out straight away if that's all you're going to do. So it's just brainless stuff, really, from the Australians. They look completely clueless. And look, I don't don't know what they're going to do um, in that second test in Delhi and what changes they'll make. Um, They've still got doubts over Cameron Green, so I don't think he's going to be fit enough to bowl whether or not they play him as a batter, who knows. Um, Hazelwood's still not fit. Um, Stark might come in for Boland, who I thought bowled well. Um, but from an Indian point of view, I think it's just go with the same as, right? Yeah, definitely. One more thing. Uh, I would want, uh, about the selections at least, I would want uh, Surya, uh, Surya Kumar to probably be replaced by Shubman Gill. Shubman Gill... These conditions just suit him. He is a good player against Spain and these conditions just suit him. And I was actually very surprised when he wasn't picked. Uh, Because you are with the Australian media, as you said, you'll have a uh, bigger opinion on if Travis Head, the dropping of Travis Head, was that a surprise to you and to the Australian media around you? Or uh, was it expected or did you not see that coming at all? Yeah, I mean, it, the, people got an inkling um, in the build-up to the match that this might happen. But, you know, to leave a guy like that out who's been in such brilliant form um, does seem a little bit strange. Um, and, you know, Renshaw and Hanscom both looked very clueless in the middle order trying to play against high-quality spin. So there has been a little bit of talk that maybe Head might open and Warner might have to give way, but I don't think they'll drop Warner after just one match. And, you know, Head coming in at the top of the order, somebody like Ashwin's going to relish that as well. So it, it, he'll just, he'll snatch the new ball. I mean, he pretty much does anyway against those two left-handers, but he'll be snatching it even harder if somebody like Travis Head comes in at the top of the order as well. So, yeah, difficult for him. I mean, he could slot back in in the middle order, but it depends on the fitness of Green and and all these other things. You, you mentioned Shubman Gill there. What about Shreyas Iyer? If Shreyas Iyer is, is cleared fit, he that's his position, right? He's done nothing wrong yeah. at number five in this Indian lineup to be dropped. He was injured. He didn't play the first test. Surely Shreyas Iyer has to come back and just reclaim his spot. He's been in fabulous form. And, you know, Shubman Gill, I feel, is better suited to being an opener in test cricket. They'll probably go with KL Rahul, but just yeah. let him wait for that opportunity to come up. I think your number five is is nailed down. Shreya Sai is there. He's been scoring runs in these conditions. Very good player of spin as well. Get him in. 
Definitely, Ashreya Sayer. I wasn't really sure on his fitness, but if he is fit, he definitely walks in and. Shubman Gill will again have to miss out. KL Rahul just that knock. Uh, is he playing for a spot in the team? Is he? Uh, I don't know what KL Rahul seems to be doing up the order. That uh, first innings, he could have carried on and you know gotten a big score, capitalized on it, and it 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 just seemed that probably he's playing for a spot in the team and he's unsure of his own uh, abilities. Uh, he just seems. So tentative, and it's almost like you know the more deliveries I face, the uh, more it'll seem that you know I'm fighting it out in the middle. The conditions are tough. While uh, Rohit Sharma, on the other hand, uh, other end, he played a fabulous knock. First, uh, the day, first day they batted, he uh, he scored his shot. So it wasn't like you know the pitch had any anything uh, for the Australian bowlers as such, and it wasn't. A uh, hard uh, pitch as KL Rahul made it seem to be, and when Ashwin walked out, I know this is tongue in cheek and probably unfair to KL Rahul. It was there were tweets going around that you know the night wow the night watchman is almost better than the batter he's replacing. That's uh, that's how uh, KL Rahul's status is right now. So uh, I actually wouldn't really be surprised if KL Rahul is dropped during the series, uh, because. There is someone like a Shuman Gill in the wings, and I would want that Shuman Gill, Shreya Sayer is fit. He comes in the middle order. Uh, I would want Shuman Gill uh, opening the innings if Kerala, you know, continues to bat that way. Yeah, I mean, I think he'll play in the next test, and uh, yeah, then we'll have to see what happens after that. But uh, you know, the, the batting aside, obviously, Kohli and Pujara hasn't haven't even fired yet, and, and Australia is still under the pump, so. That looks ominous, um, but it was the bowlers, you know, who, who did all the damage, and uh, we'll, we'll talk about them in a little bit more detail after this short break. I'm Jared Kimber, and I host two podcasts on 99.94. Red Inca, which is chats on trends and stories within the game, with a weekly Q&A where I can be asked about anything from a time-travelling Don Bradman to which cricket ground serves the best food. And Double Century, I look at the historical stories that make cricket what it is today. You can search for either of them in your favourite podcast platform or on the 99.94 DM app. So the bowlers then, uh, first innings it was Jadeja, second innings it was Ashwin, Akshar Patel came and, and did his thing as well and, and scored runs, which is crucial down the order. That partnership with Jadeja was very crucial uh, in India's innings as well. I mean, just fantastic. And, and just a word on, on somebody like Jadeja. We all, you know, I, th- I think we've talked enough about Ashwin over the years, but Jadeja, he, you know, his batting average is touching 50 in the last five years. His bowling average is below 25 you compare that to something like a Ben Stokes, whose batting average is mid-30s and bowling average is 30. And Ben Stokes has clearly had the bigger moments in those last five years. You know, you look at Headingley and, and various other things. And, you know, he's captaining this side um, at the moment, which is playing exciting cricket. I don't know how long that's going to continue. But, you know, at Trent Bridge, he was part of that partnership with Johnny Bester last summer and all that. So, you know, he gets all the headlines, but... I don't think there's a better all-rounder in, in world cricket at the moment than Ravindra Jadeja. And and it's not only at home. I mean, he's the usually the number one choice for overseas trips now as well, as we saw in England. Yeah, definitely. And um, 
in Australia before the series started, I did something on uh, how Jadeja might be the key player. All eyes are on Ashwin, but Jadeja could be the key player for India once again, and that that's what was what was proven in the first innings as well. Um, the thing with Jadeja is, as you said, that it's not just in Indian conditions that he does well. Maybe with the ball, he's not as effective overseas, though we did see you know, um, when India toured England into 2021, he was troubling the left-handers and the Indian team selected him because of, you know, uh, the way he troubled the left-handers from the rough. And that's exactly what happened. Um, even in uh, India, when... England came calling in 2021. He was troubling Ben Stokes. So he has had his uh, number on the left-handers as well. Uh, what's interesting is that he doesn't turn the ball much and uh, just keeps bowling one line, uh, the fourth stump line to the right-handers. And it just keeps the batsman guessing. And this is something which Steve Smith had said a few years ago about Jadeja that, you know, he's so good because he hits the good length and the ball just skids on and it leaves the batters guessing and that's exactly what happened. And it was very interesting that, you know, Steve Smith just uh, kept on th showing his, his thumbs, uh, thumbs up, gave a thumbs up sign to Jadeja throughout the innings, which again has got its flag from Alan Border, uh, who is like, you know, you are not here for... Uh, showing how good the opponent is, you're here to tough it out or something on those lines. So, uh, Steve Smith seems to be a good sport after all the sandpaper gate and all. So, it was not... Uh, it was a good sign for an Indian to see that, you know, you are appreciating such a quality bowler, uh, a bowler who has run through the Australian uh, order. And even his batting, it's time and again, he's just shown up, he's done the job and it's not only Jadeja as such it's about you know the Indian middle order uh, lower middle order even Shami played a good knock Akshar Patel with the 87 for the longest time it was the middle order lower middle order which had been India's biggest weakness it was almost like you know the top five is over now the batting is over now it's almost like the batting begins when the top five gets out you know that's how good the lower middle order has been absolutely yes yeah. and it, it really was a you know, just a fabulous all-round performance. And as we said, just a couple of maybe holes in that performance, no runs for Rahul, Pujara or Kohli um, or Surya Kumar, actually, uh, for that matter as well. Uh, but it was only the one innings that, that India managed to, to get in the match. So hopefully, as the series progresses, um, we'll, we'll see better from that point of view. In terms of Nagpur as, as a place, there's not a lot going on, is there? But apparently... I've been reliably told that if you, if I came here 15 years ago, there was even less going on. I mean, at least there's a few nice places to go and eat and all that kind of stuff now. Um, apparently, there, there wasn't a lot. And even in terms of hotel infrastructure, 20 years ago, there was very little. And now they've at least, you know, got some more nicer hotels because they, they know people are going to come for the cricket and stuff. Have, have you been to Nagpur before? No, I've been once for one day <laughs> during a wedding in 2015. And that was enough. I don't really have that much of memories. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so don't really have that much. Uh, how was the food? I saw a picture of you uh, eating pav bhaji. I think in Mumbai. So how was the food? How has the food been? Yeah, I you mean, like Indian food. Yeah, when you go to Mumbai, you, you've got to have pav bhaji to to start with. That's that's my tradition anyway. So that was the first. Literally got off the plane, waiting for the internal flight, and uh, we had a few hours to kill. So uh, yeah, that that was my meal of choice. It's been good. It's you know the food at the ground was very nice, and and it was you know a lot better than most grounds in England where you just you know I don't know why they do it but a you don't get always a good vegetarian option and when you do they try and make it really this posh kind of vegetarian no one eats that kind of stuff do you know what I mean like this is just pure hearty yeah. food yeah. and and you know it's, it's it's delicious at the ground and the, to be honest at the ground everyone was. So friendly, like all the chaos that we had in the build-up to the test, the morning of the first day, and that everybody helped us get to a point where we had everything we needed. All the feeds, all the audio feeds, the screen, you know, with the live feed coming through as well, the stump mic effects coming through our system, so we could sort of relay that on the radio. And it was a tough job. But we got it all done, you know, Wi-Fi issues and, and everyone was so helpful. Not only people who work at the ground, but people who were working as part of the TV production company as well. They, they couldn't do enough for us and and it was great. And yeah, I don't think I've taken as many selfies and signed as many autographs. Um, there were some people sort of afterwards saying, name please. And I was like, okay, so... You don't know who I am, but uh, okay. Um, so yeah, no, it was it was a great experience um, <laughs> doing that test match, and you know, Delhi will be very different. I'm uh, I'm assuming, and uh, you know, I've been to Delhi before, but never to I've been Delhi to watch. Will be cold. It will be cooler. Yeah. Um, I've been there to watch cricket at the stadium there, at the Kotla, but never to commentate on it there. So this will be a first experience for me, um, and yeah, looking forward to it. And talking of venues. Shift in venue for the third test. We'll have a quick discussion about that after this short break. Hi, I'm Mark Jano, broadcaster and Sri Lankan cricket fan. Every week, Estelle Vazu, Devon, and myself will drop several episodes of Sri Lanka on 99.94, keeping you up to date on the latest from the Sri Lankan cricketing world. If you want to know what Hasaranga is up to, where Chabri Athapatu scored her runs, or what Narosha Dickweller has been discussing behind the stumps, then make sure to watch or listen to Sri Lanka on 99.94. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts, on YouTube, and on the 99. 9.94 app. Join the Shrunken Crooked Conversation and get involved. So I'm here for the first two tests only and I was gutted when I saw the schedule yeah. and it said Dharamshala, third test. I thought that that is the one that I want to do. And fourth test, Ahmedabad, you know, in my home state, my ancestral home state. So, you know, it's nice speaking a bit of Gujarati when you're in India and, and all that. And, you know, usually you can do that in most parts of Mumbai and, and there'll always be people who, who understand you. But, you know, this time Nagpur, Delhi, you know, I'm going to have to try and speak my broken Hindi, which is not very good. Um, but Dharamshala for the beauty of the place and then Ahmedabad. So I was gutted. But now I, I feel a little bit better from a selfish point of view that um, they're all going to be stuck <laughs> in indoor, which... You know, apparently the stadium location, everything is good. It's in the middle of the city, so it's easy to get to. And um, India have got a good record there. So from an Indian point of view, that's fine. Um, but a bit of a shambles, really, from 
Durham Shala and, and all the authorities there with the relaying of the outfield, uh, you know, patches in it. I mean, look, I, I commend the fact that they wanted to get this state-of-the-art drainage system put in, this sand-based system, but maybe it's not all their fault because of the weather conditions there. At this time of year, the, the grass just isn't going to grow and there are going to be patches there, right? It's, I think I checked and it was about one degree Celsius the other day in, in Dharamshala. So a little bit, you know, they should have maybe planned better, but also, you know, nature has, has come into it and and they've had to move it. Your, your thoughts on that? Yeah, it, it um, would have been harsh for the players also. Um, it's very unfortunate for the fans because on Twitter, there were a lot of my mutuals, not media people, but a lot of fans who were uh, traveling to Dhamshala. They had made their plans. They were asking around for hotels, you know, the closest hotels to the stadium, which won't take a lot of time and which weren't that expensive and also there were a lot of people who were traveling to Dhamshala just to view the cricket, not necessarily as um, media people, but just to watch cricket with scenic uh, ground, scenic background and all. And it, again, this brings the topic of BCCI and their scheduling, which we have seen in the past. There was an instance during winters, matches are sh uh, held so regularly in Delhi when with the air pollution quality just around Diwali, it get it tends to get the worst in, in the country and maybe even the world. It just gets so bad. And there was this series against uh, uh, Sri Lanka a few years ago where the players were actually wearing masks and it was that bad. So the scheduling has not really been uh, the BCCI's strongest point. I was in Lucknow, not very far from Delhi, but not in Delhi. And the air quality was terrible that I got fever for um, fever or whatever you want to call it for around a week because just inhaling the air was terrible. And there you were throwing the players to play in that and be exposed to uh, that temperature for the uh, that quality, air quality for the longest time and that was just terrible. So BCCI should have done better on that. Uh, it's unfortunate for them also because no one likes last minute shifting of venues. Dharmshala uh, uh, with Dharmshala, you almost had a feeling that it would have been the stadium which would have suited the Australians the best. So if they wanted any chance of you know winning a match or staying alive in the series, probably that could have been the... Uh, match where they would have had some help for the Pacers but as Fox said that Ashwin averages 12 in uh, indoor so uh, there's that um, and we ha also have to talk about Rohit Sharma like before we log off we have to talk about Rohit Sharma Currently, is he an all-conditioned beast? Is he like the best test player in the world right now? We can say that he's not had a lot of test matches behind him. Injuries have kept him out. But I actually looked up some stats. And since 2019, only Kane, Marner, Smith and Barber have more runs at a better average than Rohit Sharma. So, and these we call these players the greats of the modern era at least. So, would you say uh, Rohit averages 57.65 by the way with 600s and 450 since 2019 not played a lot of matches but he's done well in India he's done well abroad so right now is he the best at least yeah one of the best he's, test he's up though. there look he hasn't proven it 
away from home enough, but he has started to. Like he had a couple of good innings mm. in that tour of Australia towards the end when he came back. And then in England, scoring 100 at the Oval and, and getting some good starts at the top of the order as well. So he's yeah. starting to. I mean, at home, he's, he's Bradman-esque, right? He's, he's just unbelievable, you know, just keeps yeah. churning out the <laughs> runs. And I was on commentary with Ravi Shastri at, at the time when he brought up his 100 as well. So mm. it, it was, you know, great to hear Ravi talking about how they got him into the side. And they said, look, we, we have to get Rohit into the side when he was head coach. You know, and, and the, the way to get him in is is just get him to open like he does in white ball, and and it's it's worked, an absolute treat. So yeah, he's he really is up there in in Test cricket as uh, you know one of the very best in in the world, and in fact probably the best in this Indian lineup at the moment in terms of form across different conditions and just how important he is to this side as well. Um, so yeah. Great from the skipper. Always good to see the skipper scoring runs. He looked in very relaxed mood uh, when we saw him uh, in and around the ground and, and after the game as well. Um, so, yeah, hopefully uh, India can take that momentum into Delhi. And just before we sign off as well, massive well done to India's women for that victory against Pakistan. An expected victory, but a tight game nonetheless. And uh, good to see... Jemmy Rodriguez getting some runs as well with that unbeaten 50 to see India over the line. And even Richa Ghosh, it's almost like Richa Ghosh didn't score on the under-19 level because she's like, this is not my game anymore. I'm there for the senior level and under-19, yeah, it's okay. I'm uh, I'm destined for bigger things. I'm destined for the senior team and doing well for the senior team. So it was very encouraging to see. She came in. India were in a spot of war the 40 in the last four overs. And then uh, Gemma, who, whose form had been an issue and uh, batting at number three. It's almost like, you know, you can trust the number threes to do well against Pakistan. It was Kohli in 2022 is Gemma Rodriguez right now. So, yeah, good win. And hopefully it's... And this was without Smriti Mandana. Let's not forget that. So, encouraging signs there as well. Absolutely, yes. So, uh, right, that's all about... We've, that, that is about all we've got time for, rather, on this episode. Thanks very much for joining us. Uh, I think the next time we'll speak is, is probably post-Delhi. Uh, will it be three days? Will it be four days? Will it be five days that that test match lasts? We'll have to wait and see. But uh, thanks for joining us and we'll speak to you next time. Thanks for listening to India on 99.94, where we speak cricket every day. Please rate, review and subscribe wherever you enjoy your podcasts. You can download the 99.94 app and follow us on Twitter at Nikesh Raghani and at Swaris 16 Never miss out. Join our 24-7 conversation on social media and follow us at 9994DM. Cricket every day, your way. Hey there, and welcome to the Joy of Paddle podcast, hosted by me, Minter Dial, a veteran of the paddle tennis world, and sponsored by Paddle 1969. Whether you're a paddle tennis aficionado, just beginning or have never even heard of paddle or padel as it's called in North America. This is an exhilarating new show that delves into the captivating stories of notable paddle personalities worldwide. In its inaugural season, you'll be treated to exclusive anecdotes, valuable tips, life lessons and humorous moments 
shared by esteemed professional paddle players, industry insiders, and passionate paddle enthusiasts. With each season aligning with a pro tour, you can anticipate two engaging episodes per month. The Joy of Paddle Podcast is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, where you can find other great shows in a number of categories, such as sports, health and wellness, true crime, and fiction. To find out more about Evergreen Podcasts, go to www.evergreenpodcast.com. Vamos! Vamos!